When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Trot's Talk. Live the dream. Get involved in harness racing today. NZ Harness Racing. Visit hrnz.co.nz. And a very good morning, everyone. Welcome into Trot's Talk. I'm uh, flying solo today. Michael Guerin will come in, though, for a special segment around the Inter-Dominion, which got underway last night in Victoria. Plenty on the show for you today. We'll have a look at Addington Raceway this afternoon as they race on it. It'll be a damp track because it's been uh, pretty wet in Christchurch overnight. Uh, But before we get to the likes of Tim Williams, Crandall Getty and Chris McDowell, Let's go back to Friday night and the Group 1 feature, the What the Hill Woodlands New Zealand Trotting Oaks, went like this. Hitting the rest is West Arm Elliott's Hidden Talent and Congrazia Love. There's a neck between them at the turn. 27-8 the back straight quarter. Paramount Empress about to get the inside run. Then Mini McGugan. Hidden Talent and Arrow Leader. Congrazia Love in for the fight on the outside. She put her head in front. The North Islander up the inside. Paramount Empress. It's Congrazia Love in front from Hidden Talent and Paramount Empress. Congrazia Love and Morris McKendry won the Trotting Oaks. Congrazia Love in a massive effort. Beat Hidden Talent and third across Paramount Empress. Yeah, first time it's run at the Group 1 level and it had a Group 1 finish. The winning filly was Congrazia Love, trained by Sean McCaffrey, who's kindly joined us on the phone just before he gets on a plane. Uh, morning to you, Sean. Listening to that and watching the replay of your outstanding filly in the Group 1, What the Hill Woodlands New Zealand Trotting Oaks. I'm picking that won't get old for a while. Uh, morning, Gregory. Um, yeah, it was a bit special. She's um, she's just a real good filly, and uh, we we knew she was good. But I can honestly say I didn't think she was quite that good yet to be able to sort of handle them as good as she did. It, it was yeah, an outstanding run, particularly off the second row. And when you consider where Hidden Talent and Paramount Empress were at the half mile when uh, Morris pulled to go three wide, it was the right time to get into the race. But with those two in front of you, where were your confidence levels? Well, the confidence levels weren't great going out of the gate. We thought we actually thought the horse in front of us might get out of the gate all right, and it galloped. It was a super drive from Morris because he had to sidestep that early, and then even in the straight, coming down the straight with a round to go, John Dunn was going to shunt it to the fence, and he he done the right thing and eased and, you know, give way and just give himself the chances to be in the race. So I knew he'd pull down the back the way he, he liked the horse at Cambridge. He said if I'd pulled earlier there, he said she'd have won. Easy. So he, you know, he had a lot of confidence she'd run a fair way from home. But as you say, you look up and you see those two good horses on the front end. You're not going to get anywhere if you sit. You've got to get to them. But, you know, you wouldn't be super confident when you get to them. You're going to keep going either. But it was it was really good, really good effort. That confidence you must have had from Morris, uh, suggesting that when he asked her to go, she does just keep on going. That was win four, start 15. Is it as much been about uh, making her into a racehorse? And are we are we even there yet? Oh, I was definitely, definitely making her the whole way. She's a slight sort of leggy filly, and you're a bit, you're a bit scared to climb into her and push hard, you know. Um, 
we actually train her a bit like a galloper. You look at her and see whether she needs to work rather than say, I need to do this to get to, to there, you know. So we've we've been very cautious with her along the way and we give her a prep and then we give her a break and we give her another prep and each time we brought her back in, she's just got miles better and stronger. So, yeah, I, I think we're on the way. We're on the way on the journey. I definitely think she'll get better, but... Yeah, we, we we have been a bit careful and, and mindful of how Morris's feedback was too, which is invaluable because, you know, you can work them and have the feel of them and you think they're this, that and the other. But when you get a man of a Morris's experience with the feedback as well, um, you know, you can dream about how good they are, but you've, you've got to do it. And he's the one doing it and giving us the feedback, which is, you know, real good. Yeah, I think it's about win 34 or 35 at Group 1 level. So uh, that Group 1... Um, Knowledge, I suppose, is invaluable. This family, though, is one that's been outstanding. Uh, I think the mere one won uh, Congrazia, but out of Chialda's last, that's the Allegro Gitardo Sky Valley family, a family that you know well. Yeah, we bought we bought Chialda's last at the sales for 5000 It was um, Dennis, Lauren and Pip Gerard and Ian Mackay owned her, and she was, she was an exceptional two-year-old. She was just a natural. Any, you could have trained a facing backwards in the cart. She was just so natural a racehorse. And uh, she was a top two-year-old in New Zealand. She was top three-year-old in New Zealand. And I took her to Aussie and she she won the Oaks and group races and everything over there. She was top three-year-old trotter in Aussie as well. So, you know, we started there. We're on a bit of a wave and she's bred some very good horses out of her. And uh, the mother of, like Congrazia, the mother of Congrazia loved, she wasn't the greatest. She had a shocking attitude. I think the last start, we only give her about six starts. She won one, but I think the last start, I ended up halfway through the, at the start, halfway through the hedge into a guy's backyard at Whanganui, <laughs> um, walking around at the start. She just had a bad temper. But since she's had a foal, she's a beautiful mare, so you can't knock it. And if she leaves horses like this, she's only had a few foals, and uh, I think this is the third. And, um, you know, if they keep going like this, you can't complain. Sean, you're staying at the hopes and no better example of the progeny of Love You than at that barn, and we think of uh, Mon Bay and the Enhines of this world. Um, there's definitely the Love You factor there. Oh, I, I think so. Like, Love You's lifted the game here as far as um, the trotters. It, it brings that European influence of a, a sort of toughness and hardness and, and, and get better as you get older. They're not even interested in racing as much as two-year-olds and in France, I've been over there and seen them a couple of times, and you know they geared for older horses, which which suits us a bit because we've got a lot of American influence here already. And if you can put the American speed with the with the hardness and the durability of the of the European breed, it's a good mix when it clicks, you know. Absolutely, it is. Will it be clicking next Sunday, which of course uh, will be the Livermore New Zealand Trotting Derby? You said if she went well enough you would put her in against the boys and, well, I suppose that question was answered at around 20 past seven on Friday night. Yeah, we we ran second in the Oaks to Tony's horse up north and Henry raced in the Derby and it was, it was a sort of bit of her and experience and, and a horse coming across quick on and she galloped on the first corner and I don't think she would have been out of it against them up there. She wouldn't have won it, but she would have been, you know, thereabouts. But I think she's improved length since then. And they ran about the same time on Friday night uh, against the Geldings. You know, there's two exceptional ones there by the look of it. 
Um, I'd like to think we could, you know, I'd be happy if we were just behind them in between the gap and the others. But give us a draw and, you know, different things happen in races. So you've got to be in to win, and we'll give her a chance. We haven't got any. We haven't got any great appointments after this race. So she backed up good at Cambridge from Auckland the week before. So I'm not worried about that. I looked at her this morning, and she looks if she's got over the race real good. So you know you've got to you've got to go. You can't sit back. Real real Cambridge feel to the ownership group too, and they were making a bit of noise uh, Friday night. Oh, a bunch of yahoos! I thought they'd get kicked out of there actually, <laughs> causing trouble and. Getting drunk and drinking out of the cup, and <laughs> they really, really enjoyed it. But no, um, you know, none of them have, have a, had a real good horse, and some of them are sort of small part owners that are just sort of, you could say, scraped to get in there. But but they're just having the time of their lives, you know. They um, some of them left. Some of them still dragging around Christchurch here with a hangover, I think. Um, yeah, well, that, no, that's what it's all about, a really Sean. Good time. Yeah, that's what oh, it's all it about. And, yeah. And that's, yeah, that's what horse racing is about. Halfway. Halfway down the straight, uh, Philly hit the front, and I looked around, and here was them in the grandstand going crazy. <laughs> and I thought, this is what it's all about, you know. This is this is horse racing. You get a horse, and that's the reaction, and that's sort of what we do it for, you know. You get money on the side, but it's people get more out of that than they do out of the money, you know. It was just yep. it was just unbelievable. I was sort of telling them my whole time to be cautious, you know. Don't book any flights unless you can get a refund. Don't book any accommodation because <laughs> we haven't got there yet. And I kept I kept trying to put the brakes on them. And, of course, you get down here and they think I was having them on all the time. I said, no, you know, it's just that's racing. But, oh, to see them explode like that, it was incredible. All right. We really look forward to seeing you fr- uh, Saturday, Sunday, it is, of course, for uh, Grand Prix Day. Congratulations, uh, Sean. I think after Sovereignty, this is your next Group 1 uh, winner on uh, Friday night. Magnificent to have that for uh, the Phillies, not having had uh, the Trotting Oaks at Group 1 level before. We'll let you get on that plane and, uh, yeah, wish you well for the week. Thank you, Greg. All the best for everyone else, too. There is Sean McCaffrey, who trains Congrazia Love, who made it win number four, but all importantly, a Group 1 winning performance in the What the Hill Woodlands New Zealand Trotting Oaks at Addington on Friday night, and makes her way to Grand Prix Day, the Livermore New Zealand Trotting Derby, and yeah, she's got immense ability, she proved that Friday night, and she takes on uh, some of those boys, the hot to trots, and uh, those that went around in the first on uh, on Friday night, Highgrove, and El Conqueror and the like, so uh, Mystic Max. So it's going to be a good contest. Uh, no disgrace, hidden talent in second, nor Paramount Empress in third. And I'd imagine uh, that all three of those fillies might make their way there, as will probably Double Delight, who was a late scratching uh, after getting a check and then galloping in the score up on Friday. That's a look back at the New Zealand Trotting Oaks from Last week, coming up on the show, yes, we're going to talk to Tim Williams very shortly in our Southern Man segment to find out what he's thinking today at Addington. He's the favourite for the Drivers Challenge, Crandall Getty. He had a nice win on Friday night, didn't he? Albeit narrowly with Republican Party as they head towards the Sunshine Stars New Zealand Derby on Sunday too. And he's got some chances at Addington and at Chris McDowell. Want to win a $50 bonus bet? You can do so by putting your name, your TAB at number and the code word for today let's just do it Addington 
Addington Raceway this afternoon and a massive Grand Prix day next Sunday. Short break here on uh, SENZ Trots Talk, brought to you by HRNZ. For everything harness racing, go to hrnz.co.nz. Southern Man's section on the other side. I'm a Southern Man And I'm so brilliant I got the South in my blood And I'm gonna be Time for the Southern Man section on SENZ Trots Talk, brought to you by Harness Racing New Zealand. For all the review, previews and selections and all the information you need to back a winner, go to hrnz.co.nz. A man who's driving plenty of winners, in fact, he's up to 89 for the season, is Tim Williams. Morning to you, Tim. Greg, how are we? Excellent, thank you. How are you on this rather damp Sunday morning? I suppose, in many ways, pleased to be going to Addington Raceway because at least when it comes to getting ready to go out onto the track, it'll be nice and dry. Yeah, that's right, Greg. Obviously, can't be going to Addington on days like today. And the facilities they got there, it makes life a little bit easier for not so much the drivers, but all the uh, stable hands and trainers. It's, uh, it's definitely an enjoyable place to go when the weather is the way it is. <laughs> Tim, what about the way the season is going? And given what have we got about five weeks to go, the hundred, the three figures is looming. Is it a goal of yours to try and get there? Yeah, it's a little bit scary, Greg. Um, getting getting really close to the hundred. Obviously, yeah, it has been a goal for a, for a couple of seasons now. And like you say, four or five weeks to go, it looks uh, looks something that could be within reach this season. So. You know, something we'll be, we'll be pushing towards. Obviously, there's a lot of meetings coming up sort of late December, so yeah, hopefully we can start getting around um, you know, a lot of these circuit sort of meetings now too. Hopefully we can keep chipping away and the 100 might be out of reach. Tim, that elongated season we had over the 17 months, I think it extrapolates out to you having about 93 uh, in the in the 12-month uh, calendar. So you're definitely going to get past that. Um, just explain to me the difference in Tim Williams, the driver of three to four years ago, to Tim Williams, the driver now. Uh, probably definitely the experience. Greg, like you say, obviously been able to uh, drive in so many big races for Mark and Natalie for all those years and Having them to lean on uh, for advice in, in those big races, I think it's you know at, at the time you might take it for granted, but it's uh, something now you look back and you just try and absorb uh, as much as you can from them. You you see them the other night; they're uh, so cool, calm, and collective when they're in those big races, and you know, it's obviously why they win so many of those big races. So you know, hopefully for me now, it, it, a bit more, a bit more rounded as a driver and uh, a bit more relaxed out there in those bigger races, and you know, like I say, hopefully just pulling the right rein at the right time and getting the job done, uh, race in, race out for uh, you know the owners that put, put me on each week. Tim, a couple of wins over the weekend thus far. Roll your own at a decent price on Friday night and Camoran Strike and the Maiden Trot yesterday at Geraldine. But the horse I want to ask you about is Beach Ball, your drive in the Sunshine Stars New Zealand Derby in a week's time. What did you make of his third in the Ian Dobson Classic? And is he capable of going with the likes of a Cooter and Republican Party over the 2,600? Yeah, look, really excited about him, Greg. Obviously, uh, it was only his third run back the other night, so you know, I think it should strip him a little bit fitter for next week. Obviously, take nothing away from the two that beat us home, but uh, you know, we took a trail on the other night, which is something that's probably a little bit unorthodox for his racing pattern thus far, but 
as me and Kev touched on earlier in the season, it's something he's going to learn going forward. You sort of can't be too one-dimensional, but you think back to the 2600 next week, and like you say, that good run under his belt the other night, I think uh, he'll strip strip a lot fitter again too. So, provided he can draw a good, a good marble, it's going to be a big assist to him. Obviously, he's got great gate speed, and he's a natural sort of runner. So, uh, yeah, I know Kev's really looking forward to getting back to the 2.6 and, you know, how he performed up north over the longer trip. Would suggest he, you know he's not going to be a mile away if um, you know we have some good luck and you know some of those favoured ones have a touch of bad luck. Uh, you don't think we're going to be a mile away? It wasn't that long ago the Chapman family had success, of course, in the Derby with Lockerburn, four dollar favourite for the drivers' challenge, which is a tricky challenge uh, at Addington today, Tim. So I thought we'd go through most of your drives and, and get your impressions. Uh, Monarch Prince, the two-year-old trotter in race number two for Coaster Hare. Uh, look, he's a horse with clearly the the ability to win a race like this, although he's been most potent with his early gate speed uh, to be able to put himself into a position. Second row might not make it that easy today. No, I won't agree, but I think it might be an assist. He's uh, you know, put a line through his last night running. He was, he was fresh up for a wee bit and just got a little bit excited when the gate left and and tried to overdo it. So the second row mightn't be a bad thing for him today. As long as he can settle and trot early, I think uh, you know, it's definitely a race that's within his reach. And to be touched on, he, he's raced in some of the better trots earlier in the season in the age group races. So you know, if, if he can get through the first half of the race trotting, you know, he's definitely, um, you know, they'll definitely know he's in the race. Yeah, he's by creatine, and isn't he as a sire starting to make a, an impression? Let's go to race number three for Brendan Hill. Better Lover takes on some really smart two-year-olds. Obviously, Sherlock ran second in the sire's final uh, with style, Carrera Rapido, all from the Mark Purden, Hayden Cullen barn, and the chances don't end there. But I thought he was pretty good first up. Yeah, really good run. Spoke to Benny uh, midweek. He, he was happy with the run uh, last week, and obviously be improved off it but you know it's a big step up in company today so yeah we've got the good draw it's going to be the shortest way home so you know hopefully if he can sort of trail three feet at worst um you know if he run in four you'd say he's uh he's took the boxes today all right these horses heading towards the aces uh hopefully on sunday in a week's time and a big lead up towards that will be race number four where the stable you work for steve and amanda telfer have a three-pronged attack now your drive Artie by the seaside excellent on uh, cup day or cup week sorry uh when third really found the line strongly uh, what are your expectations with her today she's come up a two dollar eighty favorite yeah, look, I think she's she's honest, Greg, and like you've seen in the last couple of starts, she she doesn't run a bad one. I couldn't see it being any, anything different today. You know, she's come through through Cup Week really well. She obviously had a, those couple of really hard runs, but you know, she seems to have really thrived on it, and she's um, you know she's pulled through those races really well and and doing well. So, you know, and what's pretty much the same same similar horses she's been racing take out take out Mark and that's good filly. It's uh, you know, like you say on paper it looks a race where she's going to be very competitive in again today. All right, Millwood Nike, you're talking about there, who's the dollar thirty-five favourite for that uh, Group One final next Sunday. Two other runners in it though from the Telfer camp: Sweet Diamond with Ali Barron, and the one the money's come for, Forever Me and Blair Orange. Race pattern-wise, how do you see it panning out? Yeah, look, I'm not sure. Obviously, Sweet Diamond when she when she puts her mind to it, she's she's naturally pretty quick early and uh, and likes to be handy to the pace, so. You know, if she if she behaves herself early like she can. Um, it's uncharacteristic two starts ago, but uh, her last start run was very good. So, you know, she's got the draw. If she found the fence, you know, she's uh, 
she's proven she can run sectionals and she, she hasn't been a mile away from, from the really good ones in the big races either. So yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if she was uh, if she was somewhere handy to the pace early and yeah, I'm not sure about Blair what he's going to do from out wide. Like you say, she's another filly that, that generally likes to run on pace too, but she's uh, she's been plagued by some tricky draws lately. So, you know, we'll just leave that to Blair early and uh, hopefully he can he can find the right spot at the right time. Of your remaining drives, Bondi Luster, who was excellent, uh, I thought, last time behind Bark and the Futurity, Beyond a Shadow, Rock and Roll Diva. What's the best of that trio? Yeah, I thought there wasn't probably a lot between Bondi Luster and Beyond a Shadow. I think they're both really good each way chances. Obviously, um, coming out of, of strong sort of form races, Bondi Luster would take a lot of improvement from the straight day run and you know, not a, not a sort of too bad a draw today. I think she's got a little bit of gate speed, so we'll look to look to punch forward. And if she found the fence, I think, like you say, she's a great each way chance. And Beyond a Shadow shouldn't be too far either. Obviously, Nathan Williamson's fairly looks, looks probably hard to beat, but I thought she could be one of the ones that could be chasing her. All right, really appreciate your time, Timmy. For our SENZ uh, Trots Talk listeners, what's the best of the day for you? Oh, I'd like to say Artie by the seaside, Greg. She's so honest, and you know she she's mixed it with the best of them and can run some really strong races. So you know, hopefully uh, she can go one better today and uh, get one on the board. Thanks so much for your time, Tim. Good luck. No worries. Thanks so much, Greg. All right, that's Tim Williams in pursuit of 100 wins in a season for the first time. He's 11 shy and he's got about five weeks to do it. I'm I'm picking that he might be able to do that. Big derby next Sunday, seven days' time, sunshine sprint. Here was the key lead-up from Friday night, the end, Dobson. It's race on at the 300 metres. Republican Party, the leader. 27.8 third quarter leads at a half on a Cooter. Beach ball about to get the inside run from Sandwave. Republican Party. A Cooter's a neck away. Then came Beach ball. A Cooter coming after Republican Party. A Cooter levelled up to Republican Party. Then Beach ball. A Cooter put his head in front from Republican Party, who's coming again. They hit it. I'm staying out of that. It's a close photo. Republican Party or a Cooter. It was a pencil line between these two very fine three-year-olds, but it was Republican Party who got the nod in the Ian Dobson three-year-old classic, uh, co-trained by Cran Giddy alongside his wife. Chrissy joins us this Sunday morning. Uh, morning to you, Cran. Good morning, Greg. Thanks so much uh, for taking the time out uh, for us this morning. Um, that race on Friday night, pretty much a case of one went back, one went forward, but, gee, there was nothing between them right on the line. Yes, we've we probably had the advantage, Greg, of, of railing um, the first half of the race, and uh, we know Akuda went, he's a superstar, and he went super. So, you know, to actually sort of nose him out, um, you know, we, we feel sort of grateful for that, and... Um, you know, obviously, we were ding dong the following week, but um, yeah, it was a uh, like the thoroughbred race. It was a nod of the head for the win. Yeah, well, they uh, have gone to head to head on uh, a few occasions now, three in fact, and it's two one to you. So going into the Derby, uh, where are the confidence levels pre barrier draw? Because it's going to have such a big part to play when you consider that Beach Ball has a lot of early speed. Obviously, Akuta can come off if he wants to. So. Um, this has been the number one target this time in, so you're going to have him at fever pitch, I'm sure. Yes, uh, well, as we know, we've said a million times, this is the New Zealand Cup for three-year-olds, and uh, if you can win a derby, you've sort of done pretty well as a three-year-old, so sure, Barry draws are going to be a good thing, but um, I'm sort of putting that aside. I'm just trying to do the best of getting the horse in the best condition for the day, because 
it's out of our control, the barrier draw. But, um, yeah, I feel very confident we're going to have a pretty exciting horse come the day off. Cran, he's so often been in front just by nature of barriers and his sheer brilliance. Um, he's very quick, though. He can follow a helmet too, can't he? Yes, it's funny you say that. It's just interesting that it's just worked that way that he's been in front a lot and Blair's taken the uh, the luck or the bad luck out of the equation being on the top end. But uh, he definitely can come off the track uh, from behind the uh, helmet, like you say. So he's not a one-track pony. He can, um, when they're sort of good and above average like him and Akuda, they, they can come from anywhere. That's why they are good. Can't wait for the Sunshine uh, Stars New Zealand Derby in a week's time. Uh, we're likely to see Krug as well in the East West Fencing uh, Summer Cup. Uh, how's he come through Cup Week? Well, it actually seems very good, uh, Greg. So, you know, you always wish them to be good um, post a, a big event, of course, but he actually has. Um, he's bounced back good, and so he should. He's, he's in an age where he can sort of get his behind kicked and he should be recovering, and he is. So, uh, yeah, we're going in sort of quite excited with that event um, as well. So, you know, like us, like all of us, we're wanting sort of a, a smaller barrier draw to, to rail home because that's sort of the way the modern-day racing running is a big thing. But um, anyway, whatever it be, but um, we'll have a pretty exciting horse some on the day as well. All right, and he's heading towards the Group 1, the new Group 1, the $100,000 Invercargill Cup, which I see is now a handicap. So uh, we'll look forward to seeing his pro- progress there. Addington Raceway today, uh, three runners, Watermelon Sugar. Have you been slightly disappointed in him? Yes, he's just um, he's he's an above-average uh, age group horse, but just a tier below the uh, the top group. So he's in a bit of a sort of a funny situation, really. But uh, when the money's big, you sort of throw them in the equation because they're, they're, they're only age for one year, of course. But uh, yeah, he'll race well today. But uh, Sherlock's a hot pot, so we're all fighting for the crumbs. All right, he's a fourteen-dollar chance in that. What about Carmelite in race number eight? Uh, solid enough run at Timaru, but has to come off the second row uh, today. That won't be easy, but uh, you've got the country's leading rainsman on her again. Yes, big advantage. Yes, it's good that Blair driving uh, for us rather than against us in any event. But uh, yeah, last week I was just slightly disappointed. I thought she still run, should have run a place. Um, you know, probably leading from nine and um, being along straight at Timaru might just take the edge off of it. So. We're going to give them all the head start in the second row, but, um, yeah, I'd like to think I shouldn't have been a maiden um, many starts ago, but we still are, so we'll yeah, try. I did I did know that, and let's move to race number nine. Uh, I'm the same. I thought she would have won more than one by now, but let's go to Raka Notta. Carter takes the reins uh, on this mare, and she looks to be in the right sort of race. Yes, it is quite a low-grade race. I always picture all the rest, um, or she's one of them as well. But, uh, yeah, been racing super, as we sort of generally know. She's just a lax at an instant sort of quick speed, but um, just got real determination and keeps going the same speed the whole way. So, so Carl's quite enjoying the uh, doing the uh, the uh, so-called instruction school. Just got to drive her like he's stolen her. So um, that's something we do the same gear today. Well, that's perfect. That's what the punters want to know. Therefore, does that make her the best of your team? Uh, yes, I've, I haven't got a Rolls-Royce team today, but uh, yeah, she is the top of the pile. All right, thanks for your time, Cran. Good luck with those, and of course, leading into the big day, the Grand Prix next Sunday. Yeah, no, thanks, Gregory. All right, that's uh, Cran Delgetti, trains alongside his wife, Chrissy. Of course, Carter's a big part of that, and uh, Republican Party taking out the Ian Dobson Classic Friday night. Looks to be a great chance going to head-to-head with Akuta again in the Sunshine Stars derby. Chris McDowell's joined us on the phone. Don't think we've had him on uh, HRNZ's uh, Trots Talk uh, before. Chris, thanks so much for your time this morning. No, good as gold.
Really appreciate it. Uh, I see you're approaching a bit of a milestone, getting pretty close to 50 career wins as a trainer. And I note, mainly because you live around the corner, uh, you're on the move, mate. Yeah, um, I didn't know that actually. But yeah, we're off to Leaston um, from Rolleston. So we've um, got a bit of land out there, a bit bigger, bigger size property with uh, Terry Schmiel's ex-place. So um pretty excited about getting out there. Chris, when does that all unfold? Is that in the next couple of weeks? Yeah, I think it's three three weeks from now. Yeah, we'll be out there uh, that weekend, I think. All right, for those who don't know Chris McDowell, tell us a little bit about your background before we get into your chances today. Uh, where did you develop the love for the game? And um, I know where you've worked, but maybe the people out there don't. Yeah, well, it's probably a long story, but I'll keep it short. But um grew up in, in Nelson and used to go to the races there twice a year with the old man and just just loved it really and then when we shifted down to down to Christchurch for, to go to university I spent sort of probably more time at Addington on a Friday night than I did at university studying so I sort of, sort of thought I uh, either better take it a bit more serious or or carry on doing what I was doing but um, yeah once I started started off in a stables with Andrew Gard as it was um, just yeah never looked back. Beautiful. You spent a lot of time at Ken Barron's uh, too and uh, developed uh, where you are now. 46 wins you've got on the board, just in case you think you're going to get to 50 today, mate, because you've got three runners in, two in the same <laughs> race, race number two. want to talk to you about Imperial Monarch, a horse that was on the ballot for the Sire Stakes race at Addington with the Lone Star on Friday night. Uh, this horse has trialled up really nicely. You've obviously got a bit of time for this one. Yeah, he's... Um... He's come a long way in a short time, this fella. We probably were throwing him in the deep end a bit, uh, putting him in for Friday night. So probably in the end, it was probably good he didn't get a run. Um, but uh, he, um, yeah, I think he's he's a sort of horse that'll just a bit of racing. He'll just keep get, getting better and better because that's what he's been doing at the uh, at the trial. So um, yeah, hopefully he just um, does everything right today and and um, especially early and. Uh, yeah, he shouldn't be too far away if he does. He looks capable of winning races, though, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. He's a very natural horse, and, um, you know, nothing's ever been a problem for him yet, and um, he's done everything pretty easy, really. So, yeah, until they sort of get beat somewhere, you don't know how good they are. So hopefully um, we can carry on with that today. All right, Leo O'Reilly takes the reins. $10 into eight fifty, so there is some support there. Dashing Dutchie, don't try and say that too quickly, is your other runner in the race. Um <laughs> Just probably needs to lift it a little bit. Is that fair to say? Yeah, he he started off his career not too bad. He ran a few nice races early on, but he sort of yeah just just can't get my finger on him. Really, he works really nice at home, and he's rock solid and everything. But yeah, he sort of gets to the races and and hasn't really put it together for a while now. So he's probably running out of chances. To be fair. All right, Flow Motion, the third of your runners in race at number six, has got the barrier draw to operate from. It's a handy enough sort of a field, though, and Sam Thornley, gun junior driver, takes the reins. Yeah, yeah, Sam's doing a great job this year, um, and uh, she's yeah, and got, a, got, a good, got a good draw, as you say. I think it's a you know, small field, and that, the markers is the place to be, and that's where she'll be. She should get off the gate easy, easy enough and hopefully hold a nice forward spot, and then um, it's up to her after that. Hey, Chris, just before you go, um, so the best chance today, would it be the two-year-old Imperial Monarch? 
Yeah, if he does everything right, he won't be far away. I'd say um, he's probably a lot better than a maiden. Um, so, yeah, you have to put him down as number one. All right, that's beautiful. And what were you studying at university when you were spending all that time at Addington? In the race books mainly, but uh, commerce. <laughs> Commerce. All right, mate. Well, uh, you're a lot smarter than probably me, or probably definitely me and, and a few of our listeners, but you love this game of harness racing. And thanks for spending some time with us on Trot's Talk, and good luck today, mate. No, any time. Thanks very much. All right, that's Chris McDowell moving from Rolleston to Leeston, picking up the property there of Terry Schmeel, who's heading overseas. And, yeah, he's a good young trainer. He doesn't have uh, the richly bred stock that some have, but his horses always look good and really like Imperial Monarch on an each-way basis today. That's race two, number 12. Short break here on Trot's Talk. Don't forget to enter our competition. Uh, you need to put your name, your TOB account number, and the code word Addington. A few entries coming in, and uh, we'll get our producer dude, Robbie, to select uh, the winner of that $50 bonus bet. Short break, other side. I won't need to say too much. Michael Guerin's coming on. On the inside, Sundon's Courage is behind the leader and will be awaiting for the Ballarat Sprint Lane. Majestuoso's three back the inside, and then came Illawong Stardust out three deep. Heading off the back straight in 29-8 third quarter. It's Bolt for Brilliance in front from Sundon's Courage, who's coiled up, ready to go from Always Ready. And then Majestuoso coming four deep. The sprinter's on. It's Bolt for Brilliance in front. Five metres clear. Gee, bounded away the favourite, or the second favourite. He's opened up like he should have been the favourite. And the star Kiwi, Bolt for Brilliance, is here. He puts his hand up and he says, I'm the one to beat in this series and wins easily. Yeah, bolted in, did bolt for Brilliance, home in 27.7. Uh, this outstanding son of Muscle Hill, trained and driven by Tony Hurler. He is Michael Guerin, joins us on Trot's Talk, brought to you by HRNZ, regular host of the show, of course. And Michael, that should make all Kiwi Harness fans pretty happy going into this trotting series. Yeah, morning, Greg. Big hi to the listeners. Um, it gives us something to hang a hat on for the series, as good as the pacing series is going to be, and as even as it's going to be, it's not a strong trotting series. And if he wasn't there, it'd be really easy for lots of people here, Greg, to go, well, do I really care? I think we'd all go to the Queen Elite camp, because, of course, she's owned by Tony Barron. But, but Bolt for Brilliance is, is part of a very rare era. In my time in trotting, Grigo, I can't remember a time when we've had three great trotters. We, we've had two before because Lyle Creek sort of was also around about the same time Take a Moment was, and we've had the Pride of Petite call me now David Moss era. And that's about the last time I can remember three great ones at the same time. But Pride of Petite never won a race at Addington. So she almost like she was dominant in Australia, and then David Moss was great both places, and call me now was great in the South Island or Alexander Park. But we've been blessed. We've had three great trotters in Sunday Sun, Muscle Mountain, and this horse together. And I remember saying to you back in July, I said, if this horse actually puts his toe on Victorian soil during the Inter-Dominion, they won't beat him. And I think everybody's confidence around that got a bit of a knock with his throat infection down there during Cup Week. But a lot of horses who had the same throat infection have since bounced back and done the right thing and and come out of one races. Um, Rucker Murph, for example, who won the other day at Invercargill. So I think that proved to us 
that bolt for brilliance is back to something like his best. And Greg, I'll be stunned if that best isn't good enough to win this series, unless something goes wrong between now and the final on December 10, which you would think that wouldn't have hurt him last night. He's drawn two on the second line in a very, very weak heat over 16.90 at Shepparton, uh, the late heat on Tuesday night. And then Greg, it probably doesn't matter what happens in the third round of heats, but maybe the scary part for the Australians, Grego, as I think everybody expects, as a row cup winner, Bolt will actually be better the further they go in the series, and that won't be the case for the Australian horses. On the tab here in New Zealand, he's into a dollar seventy. Queen Alita five dollars. Just believe who beat Queen Alita, who I still thought was outstanding in the first of those heats, uh, is at six dollars. And Majestuoso, who everybody in Victoria was telling us would lead, didn't lead in that heat. O Fortuna, of course, was uh, the winner of the other heat at uh, longish sort of odds. And Mufasa Metro's on the next line at sixteen dollars. What about the paces, Michael? Uh, act now thought was excellent in the first of those heats. Uh, the, what we come to expect from him beating, uh, of course, uh, expensive ego. Onalua Bay, another one for Emma Stewart, David Moran, also very good. And Better Eclipse does, or did, what Better Eclipse does. It, it's sort of three camps. Um, there's the McCarthy camp, because they have expensive ego and Spirit of St. Louis and AG's White Sox. So they have some good horses there who didn't have good draws last night but still went well. Then you have Emma Stewart's horses who actually aren't probably that good. Honolulu Bay is very fast. like They're not proven Grand Circuit horses yet. Honolulu Bay's run second in the Victoria Cup. Um, and then you've got um, Greg Sugars and, and Jess Tubbs who are married even though they don't have the same last name. And they've got um, you know, good trotters in the series and also better eclipse in the pacing series. And I'll be stunned if the winner doesn't come out of one of those three camps. In fact, I'll think they'll probably, between them, have about eight finalists. Um, then you have Majestic Cruiser, who's the other one, in, in the Grimson camp. I should have said four camps. My apologies. Grimson camp's got him, and I cast no shadow. So very quickly, you're down to a small bunch of trainers who are going to dominate this series. I cast no shadow actually gets a front-line draw this week in a really strong heat again. We go 16.90 at Shepparton on Tuesday. But Majestic Cruiser was the horse last night, Greg, I thought, who lost no fans. We know he's going to stay the distance of the final because it's 2,700 metres in the final, mobile. So by the time they score up, it's about 3,000 metres. Um, and, and he's the horse who I'll be interested to see. He's got a second-line draw on Tuesday, what he does when he gets to the longer distances. So, yeah, sorry, Greg, four teams there who are going to completely dominate this carnival. What's going to be interesting is the barrier draws because you put... Most of these horses are barrier two or three. Their chances are embellished. Probably the horse who doesn't really matter where he draws is Majestic Cruiser. But with these little pods and these little teams of two and three getting through the finals, Greg, and the reason I mention that is that does give you the opportunity that A is going to hand up to B and that sort of stuff. So it's going to be very, very tactical. For example, if a Spirit of St. Louis leads in the final, there might be the lead there for expensive ego and that sort of thing. So I think that's going to be a really interesting determinant. I think those good horses will all get through because it's quite a weak series for the Pacers, Greg. And then I think the barrier draw will be absolutely crucial because I don't want to be backing horses off the marker pegs over 2,700 at Melton unless it's Majestic Cruiser, who we know can win with that um, unusual swooping racing style. All right, Michael, really appreciate you taking the time out this morning. Uh, we'll be talking it on with you over the next couple of weeks. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday.
Great to meet. Talk soon, Greg. All right. That's uh, Michael Guerin. Uh, we're up for our next break. Don't forget, last chance to enter uh, to win the $50 bonus bet, courtesy of the tab. Your name, your TAB account number, code word Addington, and uh, we'll get producer dude Robbie to uh, pull out a lucky winner. On the other side, we'll talk to Matt Peden about racing today, but also the massive Grand Prix, and we'll have a super Sunday here on Trot's Talk, focusing entirely on that day. When we come back. Welcome back into Trot's Talk. Yes, hardest racing out of Addington Raceway today. We're in seven days' time. The biggest race day. Well, matches, I suppose, what we had with the duels there on that very wet day uh, with eight Group 1s on Grand Prix Day, a day I'm sure that Matt Peden's looking forward to. What's the activity been like around the Aces races and, of course, the Derby's trotting free-for-all? There's something for everyone there, Matthew. Good morning, Gregory. Yes, uh, you're, you're bang on there. There's uh, There's been a bit of activity, particularly in the last couple of days since we had a, a few of those lead-up runs, I guess you could call them, on Friday night. Um, horses like Gold Bullion have been well-backed and we've seen good money come for Akuda after after his good run behind Republican Party, taking nothing away from him either. And uh, Money for Congratia Love at $7 to win the Trotters Oaks. So there's, there's plenty of activity there and there's, there's plenty of runners, that, uh, plenty of different runners that, that punters are wanting to be on too, not just the, the one or two that you can often see on a few of these bigger days. Matt, those fields come out on Tuesday afternoon. When can the punters see the uh, final field markets and get involved in those? Greg, we're looking to have those open at, uh, at 9 o'clock on Wednesday morning. So that'll basically give uh, give customers about four clear days to, to invest and, and play their multis through other runners that week and, and just uh, find their strategy that they're going to play with. So be a good opportunity for the punters to get involved and hopefully the turnovers are, are good as well off the back of that. All right, the Sunshine Stars New Zealand derby is the biggest of them all on the day, $250,000. Which can be in, Republican Party or Akutas? Gee, you're putting me... It's a tough old question, isn't it? I, um, oh, no, it's pre-barrier draw, but which way <laughs> at this stage? Look, I, I think Akuta will be hard to beat. He's as good as, as good as Republican Party was the other day, and he was outstanding. Akuta's run was phenomenal. So, you know, I, I think that fourth in the New Zealand Cup holds him in good stead for a derby back to his own age group and... Um, I wouldn't want to see him draw the back row again with the Republican Party on the front line, but um, but all things being equal, I, I think he might be a bit too good for them. All right, Sunday afternoon at Addington Raceway, where's the money gone? A bit of money around today, Greg. Um, race three is one of the key races of the day, I guess you could say, in terms of Sherlock. Uh, there's a significant amount of multis that have been entered through him. And at the moment, he's a dollar forty in the one thirty-five, but. I think if a few of our bigger players get involved at the at the one thirty, one thirty five, I think you'll probably start even shorter than that. So it's worth noting as well that he's been uh, he's been four eighty into three twenty this week for the ace of spades. So there's obviously a bit of confidence around in the market just that uh, that potentially he's closing the gap with Don't Stop Dreaming. Um race four is another another race which has significant interest. You you spoke to Tim Williams earlier and he gave a he gave a bit of confidence in his chat for Forever Me, and she's been well backed each way. Uh, Ten to four fifty at the moment, and I uh, I do think the key booking of Blair Orange has has some part to play in that uh, in that market confidence. But just like uh, like Sherlock, she's been well backed this week for the Ace of Diamonds, thirty four to fifteen dollars too. Well, those those two races are clearly the two keys of the day. Always appreciate your time, Matthew. We've got a dash, and uh, yeah, enjoy. Looking forward to seeing those markets on Wednesday.
So that's Matthew Peden. What about producer dude Robbie? Who's won the $50 bet? Our randomly generated winner for today, it's Robin. So congratulations to you. Good on you, Robin. Excellent stuff. Dog Zone coming up on the other side. Uh, big thank you to all of our guests today. Dog Speed, sorry. Dog Speed as it is, and they're very fast too. We'll look forward to hearing that over the next hour and see you, or talk to you anyway, in seven days' time.